Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee. This is a program where we discuss life's hard financial questions to help you make smart decisions about your money. I'm a certified financial planner and Jeremiah is a California licensed attorney. We work together at Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm where we help our clients build the life that they love. If you have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on future episodes, just send us an email. Use the contact button on our website, retirementunlimited.com, or just give our office a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. Good morning, I'm Randy, and I'm here with Jeremiah, and we discuss life's hard financial questions, and we're here to help you make decisions about your money. Randy and I are both certified financial planners, and I'm also a California licensed attorney. Today, we are talking about what do you do with your 401k? What do you do with your retirement plan when the market is down? Right. Uh, r- right now, we're in a spot where the markets are down. And so people who are looking at their retirement and worrying, um, w- what should they do? And I think, I think you know, obviously what we talk about is what is the client's exit strategy? And, and not so much that you get out of the market, but more importantly, how do you take your required minimum distributions if you're in retirement? And um you know what what's happening you know we what we refer to in uh, jeremiah in our language is called sequence of returns so when the market has a downturn like it has in the last six months you know people have a tendency to look at the underlying balance the total and they're saying well i'm down 10 percent, i'm down five percent or maybe in some cases they're down substantially more than that and they're starting to panic like that's going to disappear so to speak yeah uh, but we've gone through recessions in the past we've gone through corrections in the past and uh, over time, clients' accounts continue just to grow and, and continue to be bigger and you know, larger balances in the future as they are right now. Yeah. We can put a little bit of specifics to how people use their retirement. So, right. you know, everyone who's sitting out there, they, they see the market down. Maybe they're down 20, 25%. And it feels what's going to happen is my right. retirement in jeopardy. And we get those questions a lot from you, especially new clients that come to us saying, help, <laughs> what do we do? And right. first, first is kind of looking at, you know, what is their plan to use their retirement funds? You know, mm-hmm. right now the government makes you take them out at, at age 72. They're called a required minimum distribution, meaning each year you have to take out some portion of your retirement account and, and put it into your regular accounts, and, and, and that becomes taxable. And the percentage, it's actually a divisor, isn't it? I mean, it takes your age. There's a mortality schedule, but I always tell people that it's about 3.5% to 4%, and it's just an easy... I'd rather work on percentages than a divisor, yeah. but yeah, it, it, makes it, more it goes up. People. It goes up a little bit every single year, or I should say, the divisor gets less. So that means that you're taking in a little higher percentage of your balances. And just to be clear, it's what the balance is on December 31st of the year prior, and that's what the that's what the IRS uses for your required minimum distribution, isn't yeah. it? And someone who's under, it used to be age 70, and then recent laws changed it to 72. There's even laws in, in the works at the moment that might push it to 73, 74, even 75. Yeah, I mean, the legislation now says 73. Next, If this passes, most likely it will. Uh, it'll be 73 will be the required minimum distribution age next year, and it'll rise to 74 by 2030 and to 75 by 2033. So that's going to have some impact on people, particularly if they're younger. And they're not taking RMDs right now. Yeah, and the idea is that your retirement funds, when you think of it, you know, that's your your nest egg for the future. You don't have to use it until you need right. it. Unless right. you hit these ages, 73, 74, 75, 
know, currently under current law 72, you have to take out a small piece of it. But for a lot of clients, I think there's an innate fear when they see the markets go down that their accounts are worth less. And because they're retired, they just can't have them go down. Like they have to have them always high. And almost the idea that if, if it goes down, they're going to have to take all the money out in one moment and it's not going to be enough. When the reality is you only have to take out, you know, before your RMD ages, you only have to take out what you need if you need it that year. And then after your RMD ages, you have to then just take out that bit. You, like you said, three and a half, four percent And I, I think it's important for most people to know that in the historically, in the average bear market, it takes 24 months for it to go from the, the high water mark. We get a recession, it goes down. We kind of hit a bear market and it comes back up. To get back to that same level is 24 months. That, that's the average. You know, each one's a little different, but that's what we're looking at. So even someone who's retired who thinks, oh no, I'm retired. I'm in that category that can't have my accounts go down. Most, most people are still looking at you know, 5, 10, 15 years ahead of them. And so to have a, a two-year dip um, and then come back just means you, know, you don't do house projects as much that year. You, you try to limit. You don't, you don't you don't dip into the principal. You don't yeah. go in and just take out hunks and bunches of money to do things. Hopefully, th- with proper planning, uh, they've got most of that done before they step into retirement. You know, right. as far as home improvements. Yeah, right. Right. We with a lot of our clients we talk about what do you do before retirement of how do you get your kind of your ship in order to sail through. And I like what we just said, Randy. There's a there's a big difference of what should be in someone's portfolio who's you know my age, mid career working, you know, I have a lot of growth oriented, value oriented, things that aren't paying out dividends necessarily, things that are, I want or, them to be bigger. Or versus mine, you know, I'm getting closer to that RMD age and the kind of assets that I want are more income-based and more stable, more um, value-based structures. Yeah. Too. And when you say income-based, just so you <clears throat> kind of gets what that means, like it's, it's bonds that are paying out a monthly mm-hmm. uh, dividend or it's stocks like uh, Microsoft is a good example. Microsoft is a, a great stock, but they pay a, a quarterly dividend. And it comes right. out. So we have a, a number of clients of people that are in retirement age that they struck. We structure the portfolio so that you know the amounts that are going to have to come out as RMDs. You know maybe they have to take ten thousand dollars out every year. Well, if their portfolio is making ten thousand dollars of dividends, then they don't have to sell anything. So right. whether the markets go up or down at the moment, they don't really care. They're yeah, getting the I, same dividends. And we've got several clients where we look at it, and they're they're taking on. They're they're actually pre. RMD age, but they're taking out a certain percentage, a certain dollar amount, and the way that their poly, the way that their contracts are structured, is they're just taking out the interest, and so and we're starting to see advantage because with this with this uh, Federal Reserve right now tightening interest rates, uh, CD now CD rates now are actually coming off the floor. In other words, yep. we're getting a little bit, we're getting some lift here in bonds and CD rates that we can get two to three percent, in some cases a little bit higher. So it helps us with the income structure. So we're not having to struggle with, um, you know, bank rates at less than a half a percent, you know, which just makes it difficult for distributions. Yeah, that's right. I mean, this this last year, I mean, probably even three, four, five months ago, CDs were still paying, um, like you said, less than 1%. It was almost right. almost insulting to get the interest. Whereas I think recently I looked over there, 2.6 is what I saw. Um, they're, they're coming back. But for a lot of folks, as they're looking at retirement, you know, those big ticket items, hopefully you've taken care of those before retirement. And then if you get into a moment where the market is down, it, for most people, you just kind of hunker down. You know, you don't have to sell things. You don't have to shift things. And now is not the moment to say, hey, my portfolio is all wrong. I got to get into a different portfolio. This was the planning that needs to happen before you retire. So as you approach retirement, that's when you want to start having those conversations and those thoughts to say, how can I get a portfolio that is still going to grow into my future, still going to hit all my needs going forward, but is less related on you know, assets that grow that I need to sell, but more are just producing income for me that I can use for my RMDs. 
Yeah, I mean, you have to look at it. I mean, what we try to do is to create pension-like returns. So, you know, if you if you take your retirement account and you give it to an insurance company or you leave it with your uh, company that you retired from, they give you a fixed rate of return, but they also don't give you, um, there's, there's no legacy to that. In other words, it stays within the pool and they wrestle with it. Now, as a, as a, as a recipient, all you receive is the monthly income for the rest of your life and maybe your spouse's uh, life too. But understand there's, there's guardrails on that. And for those guardrails, you're going to end up paying a cost for that, a lower return. First of all, you're not going to have as much to give to your children if that's one of your goals as far as legacy planning. There's some other factors into that to create that kind of what I call that security blanket. Mm-hmm. And um, so you have to be careful what choices you make and why you make them. So, Yeah. Another thing I want to bring up in this conversation is you know, we're talking about how you use your 401k. Um, you know, most people take uh, draws throughout the year. And we've mentioned this before, but you know, the idea is that you don't get to the start of a year and take out 40 grand um, right. and say, that's what I'm going to need this year. Take out 40 grand and, and use it. The idea is to get as, as little as you need at the moment. So most people who are using their retirement accounts, they take a monthly or a quarterly distribution and let the rest of it grow. And for, for people who don't need the money, that's where I feel like we get into this more interesting um, planning options. And people who don't need the money might be someone who has a pension, might be someone who has just a large savings account, um, uh, you know, someone whose monthly bills, if they pay off their mortgage, they're not traveling this month, you know, th- their life may be fairly small. And, and so the question is, well, what do you do if you have to take this out? Yeah, and I think that um, the wealth effect is going to have a natural, I, I, I hate to use the word recessionary, but I think people will slow down in their spending because they listen to the talking heads, they read the news, and then they look at their statements. And they say, oh, my goodness, I've lost whatever dollar amount. You haven't lost as much as you're just seeing the market valuation mm-hmm. adjustments and if you've got good assets, those assets will roll through any kind of adjustment or down, you know, corrections that we're going through at this stage. So I think I think for most people, it's understanding. You know, I always look at a barometer um, from a standpoint of doing progress meetings with clients. And if the clients at cash accounts, in other words, the money they have in savings and their checking is building up, and if they're taking out distributions they don't need to, I'll say, come on, let's let's not do that. Because that that is all it's doing is is depleting your 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 future investment account, and you don't yeah. need it right now. But a lot of times people just don't realize they do that. So what we do is we sit down with them, and one of the things we do in our progress meetings is try to determine what their balances are in these other accounts. And if they're not spending it, that money is just building up. And let's just taper this off. Let's back this off a little bit, and uh, allow for this this correction time to go through. Right? Yeah, that's right. And just have to take a reprieve if you can. The other option is when people are past the required minimum distribution age, 72 at the current law, right. they have to take out a certain amount. Like you said, it's usually three and a half, four percent It changes by your age. And, and some folks just take the money because they have to and they're, they're taxed right. on it. We have a number of folks who will look at what's called qualified charitable distributions. And you have to wait till you're over 70 and a half. And if you're 72, it'll count as your RMD. But basically what you can do is rather than you know, taking money and making a deduction, you can just take that money directly from your RMD, have it count as your RMD, and give it directly to a charity. Right. And we have a number of clients who don't need the income or they don't want it at this moment. They don't want to be taxed this year. And so they'll pull out that money and they'll send it and use that as their charitable giving rather than cash that might be in their bank account. I, I, I love this instrument because not only is it a way to give uh, and to lower your taxable income, but for some people, 
not for everybody, but for some people actually lowers their Medicare premium cost. Mm. And so because your Medicare premium cost is based upon your, your, your modified adjusted gross income, I don't want to get into too much technicality here, but for some clients that actually reduces it down. So it brings your cost of Medicare down by doing a charitable, you know, qualified charitable uh, deduction or distribution. distribution. It, it's a great tool to use. And you do that in your planning process. Yeah. And you get to skip out on the income, which right. know, while you're working, you know, working years, people want the income. But when you get to retirement, it's really interesting of how, you know, people, their, their view of income shifts. And for, for many people, it's, it's actually avoiding some of the income because you're avoiding some of the taxes. And like you said, it brings down not just your income tax, but it could be your Medicare tax. It could be a number of things. And I, I think just to kind of round out here, I mean, you got to remember that they've, they've made some changes in uh, required minimum distributions. It used to be for non-spouses, the non-spouse beneficiaries could take it out of their lifetime. The IRS came back and said, no, that was not our intention. They cut it back and they said only to spouses, they can extend it out over their lifetime and or dis disabled children. You can, in some instances, you can stretch it out over their lifetime so it can be very beneficial. But in general, if you are receiving a IRA from your parents, uh, you're not going to be able to stretch it out over their life to, over your lifetime. You're going to have to use a 10-year rule. And that 10-year rule, there's some flexibility as to if your parents were already taking it out or if they were before the start of it. So the, all those issues uh, kind of come into play. And that's where you want to do some very specific tax planning so you're being efficient on that. Yeah, and that, that idea of the 10-year rules that you have to take out the money within 10 years. And a number right. of new clients, that's a surprise. They didn't realize that the law changed on that. Right. That if they inherit you know, a nice account from their parents, they could take a little bit each year. They could wait till the 10th year and take it all. They could, they could do whatever they'd like as far as within those 10 years. But by that 10th year, they've got to get it all out of that plan and get taxed on it. And being strategic there is really important. So again, I think to wrap, it, wrap up this particular section, this subject matter is that it's not just a simple one and done. There's a lot of factors that go into it. We want to come alongside of our clients to help them understand what all those factors are and help them make the right choice for them. And that could be something that's that might be proper now and that was the best choice today, but it may be different next year because we don't know, you know, what your tax laws, what the tax laws are going to change. I mean, all this stuff is always kind of in flux. So if you'd like to know more about this information, you'd like to sit down and talk with either myself or Jeremiah, you know, we, we, would, we would offer that invitation to you. So give us a call at our phone. It's our phone number is 951-684-7011. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned he can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371. 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. All right, for this section, we're talking about good idea, bad idea. So my buddy at work told me I need to max out my retirement. Is that a good idea or is that a bad idea? 
Well, it depends. It, you know, I'm going to give you your answer. <laughs> depends, right? The lawyer because, answer, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of factors that go into it. And I think probably the key factor, if it's younger, and, and for some people that are in their, maybe in their 50s, I'd like to see an emergency fund set up. And, and we typically like three to six months uh, set aside money in instant available uh, liquidity. So typically bank accounts or money market accounts. But at the same point in time, if they're not putting money into retirement accounts, that's a factor too. I, I want to make sure they're doing something. So yeah. until we get that emergency funds, I would have a tendency to kind of utilize both of them to get there, right? Yeah. This is a question I get a fair amount. It usually comes from a younger employee right. who heard from an older employee, hey, you need to be maxing this out. And I think that advice is well well said. They're trying to protect the younger guy. They're trying to, or gal, they're trying to make good advice. But often it's because the person is a little bit older, mm-hmm. didn't do enough when they should have, and they feel behind. And they look back and say, man, if I was in your age, if I was a, a man or woman in this job at, at 38 or 40, man, if I'd have, mac- I'd have been in so much better shape, you could just got to max it out. That's what you got to do. And unfortunately, what that, that person who's trying to give some good wisdom is sometimes missing is, one, just finances are so different right. for everybody. But, but two, there's a lot of life between you know, 35 and 55 that is expensive. And you know, putting kids through college. That um, mortgage, that, 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 that first home, that yeah, bond. That, you know, that mortgage at home, home yeah, that, that lake house that you, you've been dreaming of, um, <laughs> you know, the cabin. I mean, there's things that are needs, like you, know, you got to get through. There's, there's things that are just the wants. And anything you put into retirement, you have to plan to not touch it right. um, until you know, 65, 70, 75. Yeah, I mean, again, the whole retirement, I mean, when I first started in the industry, most large employers had pension plans. Now, it wasn't just the public employers, but it was most private large employers had pension plans. That all shifted back in the late 70s, early 80s to 401ks. Now, the generation that's coming into the employment structure now, you know, they they know what's available to them and they're not, I guess they don't even think about that. But the thing that I'm alarmed at is that that nobody is saving appropriately mm. and building cash. In other words, typically you want to save at least 10% of your income. You want to live on 90% of your gross amount and you want to put 10% aside. And it is hard for a lot of young couples, young people to get to that 10% number. But yeah. Especially with housing. I mean, we're in Southern California and housing here is expensive. Yeah. So when we, when I get this question, you know, I need to be doing this, right? It, you know, it's not bad advice, you know, to maxing out a 401k or retirement, but there's a few questions first. The first one, like Randy already mentioned, is the emergency fund. Right. The emergency fund is what allows you to invest. It allows you to live your life with some peace, knowing that if all your tires go flat, um, you're not going to have to swipe a credit card and then somehow next month pay off the credit card in addition to everything else. It allows you to just take some cash out of your savings and pay for the emergency. So three to six months, if, if you're a business owner, it probably needs to be a little more than that. If you have a bunch of rental properties, it probably needs to be a little more than that. If your life is pretty simple in the sense of your inflow and outflow, then maybe three, four months is you know, on the lower side is fine. But you need to have that just sitting there, not earning a whole lot of interest. It's just yeah. available. You know, and if, if one spouse is staying home, taking care of the children, they're not earning income and the other spouse is is working, earning income. And depending upon how tight they are on their budget, you know, those factors kind of come into that play yeah. also, you know. Yeah, what's you the know? risk of going down to zero income? You know, if you have two right. people working, one gets laid off, you still have one working probably. Right. But if you only have one wage earner and they were to get laid off, it could go down to zero real quick. So there's the emergency fund. Um, and then the second is what goals do you have between now and retirement? You know, paying for college, right. 
you know, buying the beach house, buying your first house, you know, any of those things. And say, okay, I, I always like to do with the clients is we just do the math. We say, if you want to buy this in eight years, how much do you're going to need? Right. How do we back it out? What do you need to put in each month and start making progress towards that goal? And it doesn't mean that you have to neglect uh, your retirement. And in fact, that's, that's probably where the vice is coming from. Someone who neglected their retirement entirely. So the, the hard part is the, the answer is you probably need to do all of it, right? You need to first, you know, get an emergency fund. You need to pay off any sort of credit cards you might have, like non-mortgage debts. You need to bring those down. Car debts, we usually let those sit for a little bit, but depends, you know, the person. But then you have these other goals and ambitions and to kind of parcel out how much goes each place. And that, the only way that that's going to work for most every household is to maximize your budget. And I, think, and I think we also need to take into account that when people are younger, they do have other expenses that are uh, critically important, like a mortgage payment or getting into their house and such. But as they get older, their income and those, those fixed expenses become less and less a percentage of their adjusted gross. Now, in most retirement plans, you're allowed to increase your contribution amounts. Mm -hmm. So you can get up to a higher percentage of, of your contributions or higher dollar amounts. So maybe where they're capped out right now at 17 or 17.5, well, you can get up to like 25,000. And I've done this a lot for clients where they're saying, I haven't saved enough. Well, we take advantage, we take advantage of those higher contribution amounts after 50, 55, and it's amazing. And or if you work an extra two years or mm -hmm. three years, other than plans, so you put more money into these retirement. It makes a big difference. It makes in a big the difference. And a lot of these, you know, they're not rule of thumb. They're, they're not, right. you know, throw it in the wind and, and hope for it or say, oh no, I hear it on the radio, I can just do that later. That'll be fine. This is real planning with real numbers for real people. And it, you have to look at your specific life. I, I love it when folks have a really good head start. You know, they started early, they got some in their retirement accounts, they got an emergency fund, they started saving for a house. That's setting themselves up for success. And if they have right. a, a gap in there where they don't put as much into retirement for a number of years because they're living life and doing you know these other things, putting kids through school, and then get to their you know 50s and say, now it's time to double down. We've paid off some debt. We're in a really good spot. Now it's time to really you know put some of this high income into retirement. They, they can have a really great, successful future, but it takes some planning and it takes some forethought. So yeah. and, I think- And, 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 and you've got to hold their feet. I mean, you've got to be committed to your goals. And again, that's where I think we come alongside and we help people is we help not only set those goals, but how do you achieve those goals and not wait to the last minute? Because so many times people just wait and they don't do it. Yeah. And what we do is we come alongside of people and we help them establish those goals and then we monitor them. Are you doing this? Or are you doing yeah. that? Yeah, because it's, it's, it's for their benefit, right? It's what right. they want. Exactly. So I think good idea, bad idea. I would say generally, you know, a buddy told me I need to max out my retirement. Although it sounds nice, I think for most people, that, that's not the best first course of action. So I'd say probably a bad idea, I guess. Well, again, I, I, I'm going to come back to this. It depends. It depends on your household. You know, yep. if you're, it just depends on your cash flows and such as that. But I do believe you should have an emergency fund. How that's structured and how that is comparable to your retirement account, it's all kind of blended together. And everybody's different. Everybody's unique and everybody has different abilities to accomplish their goals right yeah that's good if you have a, a topic you guys want us to discuss on a future episode uh, you can give our office a call it's 951-684-7011 or go to our website and leave us a message it's retirementunlimited.com until next week folks may you grow in wisdom and knowledge thank you for listening 
information and ideas discussed on this program are in the nature of general comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Do not constitute legal or financial advice and do not create an attorney, client, or fiduciary relationship. Any examples or circumstances discussed are fictional. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor, tax consultant, or attorney, as well as conduct their own due diligence prior to making any decisions. Investments involve risk and the possibility of loss, including the loss of principal. All situations are different and results may vary. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent, California license number 0518567. And Jeremiah Lee is a California licensed attorney and is responsible for this communication. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisory firm. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB.